chancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. Come on in for an evening of poems and stories about the American West. A land of legend, of romance, of friendship and courage. A mother load of remembrance. A true showcase of the Old West with the old cowboy, J.C. Holsey. Welcome to episode 58 of the Wild West Showdown. I know you're going to enjoy today's show. we got some great country music. And our special guest today is none other than the founder of the Texas Arthurs Association, Mr. Alan Bourgeois. But first of all, let's start off with a song from Chuck Cusimano, Let Me Off in Texas. Well, I didn't lose nothing in New York City. I don't hold nothing against Kansas City, but my heart is down in Texas. My soul's in San Antonio. I didn't leave my heart in San Francisco, LA's too big and I can't dance disco. Let me off in Texas where they understand my song. Let me off in Texas, let me jump and stop this train. You're too far north of North Fort Worth, my friend. Let me off in Texas, why'd I get aboard this plane? Let me off in Texas and I won't bother May the 3rd, 1850, John Peters Ringo was born. By the time he was 12, Ringo was already a crack shot with either a pistol or a rifle. He left home when he was 19, eventually ending up in Texas, where in 1875 he became involved in a local feud known as the Hoodoo War. He killed at least two men, but seems to have escaped prosecution or when arrested, escaped his jail cell. By 1878, he was described as one of the most desperate men in the frontier counties of Texas, and he decided it was time to leave the state. In 1879, Ringo resurfaced in southeastern Arizona, where he joined the motley ranks of outlaws and gunslingers hanging around the booming mining town of Tombstone. Nicknamed Dutch, Ringo had a reputation for being a reserved loner who was dangerous with a gun. He hung out at the saloons of Tombstone and was probably an alcoholic. Not long after he arrived, Ringo shot a man dead for refusing to join him in a drink. 
Somehow he again managed to avoid imprisonment by temporarily leaving town. On July 14, 1882, John Ringo, the famous gunfighting gentleman, is found dead in Turkey Creek Canyon, Arizona. Romanticized in both life and death, John Ringo was supposedly a Shakespeare-quoting gentleman whose wit was as quick as his gun. Some believed he was college-educated, and his sense of honor and courage was sometimes compared to that of a British lord. In truth, Ringo was not formally educated, and he came from a struggling working-class family that gave him few advantages. Yet he does appear to have been better read than most of his associates, and he clearly cultivated an image as a refined gentleman. The manner of Ringo's death remains something of a mystery. Some said he became despondent in 1882, perhaps because his family had treated him coldly when he had visited them in San Jose. Witnesses reported that he had begun drinking more heavily than usual. On July 14, 1882, he was found dead in Turkey Creek Canyon outside of Tombstone. It looked as if Ringo had shot himself in the head, and the official ruling was that he had committed suicide. Some believed, however, that he had been murdered, either by his drinking friend Frank Buckskin Leslie or a young gambler named Johnny Behind the Deuce. To complicate matters further, White Earp later claimed that he had killed Ringo. The truth remains a mystery to this day. How about another song? This is Britt Ballinger, If You're Ever Down in Dallas. But it's plain to see your heart's not broken now You're in love with someone new and up on top of the world But you say you've seen the last of the lonely side of town But if you're ever down in Dallas, darling Wondering what to do, just call on me Cause I've been there too Maybe I could help Cause I know so well How it hurts to lose it, love If you're ever down in Dallas Look me up Call on me 
too Maybe I could help Cause I know so well How it hurts to lose a love If you're ever down in Dallas Look me How about a word from our sponsor? This episode of the Wild West Showdown has been brought to you by Outlaws Publishing, LLC. Outlaws Publishing is a publishing house that wants to help you publish your book and enjoy that feeling of becoming a published author. But I don't write westerns, you say. Not to worry. Outlaws has several subsidiaries to publish any genre except erotica. So you can stop searching for a publisher that will treat you right. Outlaws Publishing will treat you right, guaranteed. Send an email to jc at outlawspublishing.com. Let us know you have a story that you'd like to have published. Here's another song by Marie Hodson, Cowboy's Love. Out in El Paso It ain't there's Jetsons And them mama's pecan pies That makes a lonesome cowboy Swell up with Texas pride I know I Cowboys love Texas It ain't rodeos Or honky-tonk bars Well, the reason why they stay In that lone star estate Is that Texas Is where the cowgirls are their pickups and that red fader Riding bows at Billy Bob's in Old Fort Worth They love their brisket hot and cold beer cold There's lots of things they love But the one they love the most I know why Cowboys love Texas It ain't rodeos or honky-tonk bars Well, the reason why they stay And that lonely Star State is that Texas is where the cowgirls are. There's cowboys in Montana with the winds cut cold. The carols breaking Broncos in New Mexico. There's a Wranglers in Wyoming, up in Colorado too. They're open riding Kansas, good as anybody do. But there's roundups in Nevada every single day. Them boys in Oklahoma love their RCA. And every state is special in every cowboy's mind. But something about them Texas girls that drive the cowboys wild I know why cowboys love Texas It ain't rodeos or honky-tonk bars Well, the reason why they stay in that lone star state Is that Texas is where the cowgirls are I know why cowboys love Texas 
Is that Texas is where the cowgirls are? Is that Texas is where the cowgirls I thought I'd share with you what's been going on with Outlaws Publishing. The first of the year, our website was hacked, and when someone tried to take a look, they were redirected to porn sites. I kept getting reports that this was happening, but when I signed in, everything was okay. It was only redirecting phones and tablets. PCs weren't affected. We got that fixed, and everything went along okay until this past month. Some lowlife hacked every one of our sites with malware. The only way we could afford to get it fixed was to only have four websites running. So all our author sites were lost until we can get the finances to get them running again. I reckon you know what this old cowboy would like to do to the folks responsible for this mess. But there is something I'd like to say to them right now. No matter what you throw at us, we're here for the long haul and we're dedicated to our cause of helping authors reach that goal that all authors want. And that is, first of all, get your book published and then to become a bestseller. We will not be intimidated by these sorry no-accounts that have nothing better to do than hurt others. Now let's visit with our guest. We want to welcome to the Wild West Showdown today award-winning author and founder of the Texas Association of Authors, Dear Texas, Texas Authors Institute, and the Texas Book Club, Alan Bourgeois. Welcome, Alan. Thank you. you got quite a resume there, Alan. Tell us a little bit about it. As a writer for now over 30 years, I have several short stories and books published, and I also worked in the publishing industry. And through all this process, I've determined that with everything changing in the publishing world, authors needed help with their marketing. Originally, I started off looking to see if there was a group within the state of Texas that supported authors, whether it be in the marketing or other related type stuff. And I was really surprised that not only in Texas was there no such organization, but nowhere in the country was there an organization that really assisted authors with marketing. This was in the summer 2011. And it's like, okay, I found a challenge and I do love my challenges. So I started it up. Has anybody ever told you you're trying to do too many different things? There have been times, but considering that they all overlap and all help each other, I pretty much know that it's worth it in the long run. For example, Dear Texas, which is Drop Everything and Read Texas. It's a program that's been around for many, many years. By um, HarperCollins originally started it, and I just added the Texas twist to it. Um, and it's proven to be successful in many ways, and we continue to grow with it continue to develop it to make it as successful as we possibly can. But that benefits Texas authors. So it was a perfect match. And then the fact that, as you mentioned earlier, Texas Authors Institute of History, the only museum in the country that devotes a specific type of authors, in this case, the um, authors of Texas. This is a long-term project that, again, it helps authors to get developed and known and, and people get to find out about their works. 
again, that overlaps everything. And so it's a perfect match to be part of that. So I just keep adding things that help Texas authors as much as I possibly can. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you were born, where you grew up, and where you're living now. I'm a third-generation Texan. I was born in Houston, but I grew up in Los Angeles. I lived there for approximately 27 years. And then the rest of the time, I've lived in Dallas-Fort Worth area. I've lived in Galveston, Houston mostly, Austin now for the last seven years. How does your family and friends feel about what you're doing, what kind of work you're doing? What family I have left really don't understand it because they're not a writer. They see that I am helping people through different projects and different things that we do. My friends think I'm crazy. Most everybody kind of feels that way, but that's all right. That's the beauty of, of being unique and different is that people will think you're crazy. and You'll have a lot of people that will say bad things about you for various reasons. And no matter what you think or do, that's not important. You've got to believe in what you do and what, what your heart says is the right thing to do. And as long as it's a positive, affirmational aspect that improves the lives of people, then you really can't go wrong with that. Was there a certain thing or a person in your life that caused you to want to be an author? That's a tough one, and I'm going to say no, because I really can't pinpoint a specific thing that triggered me doing it. I remember when I started doing it, and I was about 12 years of age when I actually started writing. And what I wrote then was actually screenplays for a TV show that, and yes, I'm dating myself here, it was called Adam 12. Um, It was a police drama. For some reason, I just felt that I could write a script just as good as they did. And that started my desire to write. But like many people in my generation, your parents want you to earn a good education and get a good job and and to have good, strong financial stability, which, as my mother indicated at the time, writing creative arts was not the goal, the objective. It would never pay. So being a good son, I put it aside until I was 27, um, actually 28 years of age. And then I got challenged to write a story about something that happened to me. I did as a short story, got published, reignited my desire, and I've been going ever since. Something like that causes a lot of folks to be so discouraged they never pick it up again. But you seem like you, you took it a step further with the Texas Authors Association and all. And here's the funny thing. For me, I really consider myself to be an average writer. So average writers always have a hard time getting publicity and exposure and stuff like that. But through the process of working in the publishing industry and knowing a lot of other authors, I realized that there is a lot of great talent out there that is not getting exposure. And that was one of the driving forces. Plus, seeing the economy at the time was in really... turmoil and then you add in the publishing world being in turmoil because of all the new things going on it's like people need help and throughout my life i've always done things to help people and stuff and this seemed to be a logical next step with everything that you're doing are you still able to write no not even close to what i would love to write which is part of my insanity i guess you can say having all these stories in my mind that I can, I want to get out and write about and not being able to find the time to do it. Yeah, it's it's just slowly eating at me. I haven't had a vacation in seven years and I need to get away. I need to figure out how to just find the time to not do anything but write for a good two, three weeks. Just get it out of my system. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm old school too, because I handwrite my first, oh, goodness. Script, uh, first script. Yeah. It's true chicken scratch, that's for sure. But anything I write, it's always handwritten first. And then I go through the process of the edits, through the typing and, and all that fun stuff.
As the founder of Texas Arthur's Association, we see it blossoming into many different areas. How does that make you feel to see it grow and prosper like this? Nerve-wracking. <laughs> I, I got to be honest. I mean, it is nerve-wracking because while I'm creating new ideas and new things to help make it grow, you know, there are certain things that don't grow as fast as I would like or feel comfortable with, and it does become a struggle. But what really keeps me going is not so much the organization growing, but the authors growing. When I get an email from an author and say, because of you or because I participated with you in this, this happened. This gave me more success. Those are the things that mean the world of difference for me. When I get those emails or phone calls or I happen to chat in person with somebody, and they say, you know, this really did help me, and I thank you for it. That's really the key issue that keeps me going. I don't get paid for this. I invest all my free time to doing this, and it's a good 12-hour job, you know, daily. And that fact of knowing that I am doing things that are improving lives and that good stories are getting out there, which also then improves the reader's lives, that makes a world of difference. It really does. You spend all this time doing this. I understand you have a, a real job, too. <laughs> I have a day job, yes. Thankfully, my boss is really understanding of what I do and what I'm trying to accomplish, and he gives me a lot of leeway. There's many days that I need to take off, and it's not an issue because I get my work done. You know, and I do do some of my author stuff during that day period, well into the night and stuff, but he has really, really been supportive. And he's not a writer. He has no clue what it's like, but he sees my drive, my ambition, my desire, and, and he supports it, and I'm very lucky with that. Yes, you are. How many members do we have? We are shy of 250 members currently. We always go up and down on numbers, but we continue to grow. We've actually grown from 180 at the first of the year to two, just shy of 250, you know, six months into this year, which is great. But it's far, far, far from where I would love to see it. And I say that because we've estimated there's over 6,000 te um, published Texas authors we would love to at least represent half of them, if not more. Everything that we do, all the marketing and programs that we do will definitely benefit them. And it's just a matter of them continuing to learn about us and for our fellow members who've been with us for years to be out there and supporting and, and getting people to this so that we can become stronger and much more organized. In the long run, with a large membership, we can ultimately make a world of difference in printing costs, publications, distribution, all those things that is part of what I'm trying to work toward to further help you know, the authors. These are all Texas authors, is that correct? Correct. You mentioned uh, over 6,000 published authors. There's no way to tell how many unpublished authors there is, is there? No, there's not. And to be clear, this is Texas authors, and the information is based off of IRS reports from 2012, 2013, and 20, actually 2011, 2012, and 2013. And we witnessed the increase in percentage, matched it up with increase in percentage from other sources. And that's how we determined that for Texas alone, there's over 6,000 published authors. Being as busy as you are, do you have time to watch any TV or movies? I do. When I get home late at night, I allow myself one hour to totally unwind. No phone, no nothing. That's my one hour just to let everything go. And that's usually when I watch something numbing and non-exciting, if you want to put it that way, which means a TV show or a movie or something. And every once in a while, I do treat myself to take a break and go to a movie theater and enjoy a good movie. Could you tell us one of your favorite TV shows, maybe? 
Frankie and Gracie. Um, it's a Netflix original. Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Very good. They work really well together in this show, and it's very hilarious. Do you have a favorite author? There are a lot of really good authors. Stephen King is definitely a good one in his early years. I enjoyed Anne Rice, uh, Larry McMurray I've enjoyed. A wide variety, and not one particular would be more outstanding than the other for me. What was your favorite treat as a kid, like candy, cake, something like that? Well, I do love sweets. You love sweets. Any particular kind? No. The one thing I, I don't eat a whole lot of, but I do every so often just love to, to make it myself, our crepe with a sweet cream sauce. It was something my mother taught me when I was a kid, and I've always enjoyed those. Cakes, ice cream, you can get those anywhere and everywhere. But crepes, finding those really well done is, is a hard thing to do. And so that's my specialty that I really crave every so often. What kind of advice would you give to somebody that might want to follow in your footsteps, be an author and, and found something like the Texas Authors Association? First off, always believe in yourself and ignore the haters. You're always going to have people that don't agree with what you do, don't agree with your concept. Don't take what they say to heart. Listen to what they say because they may give you an idea that will improve upon what you're doing or save you some extra work. So listen to what they say, but don't take it to heart in a personal way. Follow your heart. Always believe that what you're doing is right as long as it gives a positive, healthy outcome to society. Don't give up. Give yourself a break, but don't give up. That's great advice. Has there ever been a time since you began writing and starting all this stuff that you just said, I ain't going to do this no more? Yeah, there are times that I get frustrated. I might be working with an organization that I think should be working with us, but for whatever reason, they say, no, we're not interested. We, we stay away from us. And it's confusing for me to understand we're a perfect match. We should be working and helping the greater good. And it's hard for me not to understand why they don't want to do that. There's a lot of issues with that and stuff like that. Those are the times that I just want to just shrug my shoulder and say, all right, you know what? You're right. And, and I give up. When I hit those points, again, I remember all the good things that have happened. People who have had better lives because of what we're doing. And that brings me back to go at it even harder. How can folks get in touch with you? What's the best way to do that? Our email, which is TX for Texas. And then the word authors, A-U-T-H-O-R-S, at live, L-I-V-E, dot com. Then, of course, they can go to our website, txauthors.com. There's all the connections there. And call me at 512-554-9560. I always respond as quickly as I possibly can. And I always help out either through the email or through the phone calls. You know, again, I'm an old school and I believe in customer service and I really want to make sure that people get what they need as quickly as possible. You're on all the social media sites, of course. Oh, yes. We have 22 social media accounts for all the things we do. So we have um, about 12,000 followers and we always love having more ad you know, come and join us. If someone wanted to join the Texas Authors Association, how do they go about doing that? It's real easy. They can go to txauthors.com. At the very top of the webpage is Join Us. They click on that. They read all the information about us. We even have a short little video so they can see all the things that we do and all the um, partnerships we have around the state, as a matter of fact, around the country. Then just follow the instructions and just join. Usually within an hour of joining, I'm on the phone welcoming them. 
We've enjoyed having you on the Wild West Showdown today, and I want to give you an open invitation from the old cowboy to come back and visit anytime. I greatly appreciate it, and I enjoyed the conversation. All right, we'll talk to you later then, okay? Thank you. Now here's Cody Jinks, Cast No Stones. I cast no stones And I build no walls And I tell the truth Truth comes to call And I try to walk That narrow way Sometimes I go over the lines And I won't make it back till the next day No stones. What gives you the right to tell me my business? Good God, man, you're out of your mind. So put up your Bible. I'm not dragging the whole world to hell You're wasting my time I don't talk with Jesus As much as I should read that good book every day like I could but I like to stop at the end of the day and I pray that I hurt nobody somebody Yeah.
to tell me my business. Good God, man, you're out of your mind. So put up your Bible. Oh, let me get in Now, how about some good old cowboy wisdom? Don't sell your mule to buy a plow. This is the old cowboy saying adios and happy trails. Come on back next week to the Wild West Showdown with the old cowboy J.C. Holsey.